My name is Peter Rose, and I'm the editor of Australian Book Review. States of Poetry is a national project funded by Copyright Agency's Cultural Fund. These are the first federally arranged poetry anthologies published in this country. Each state selection has been edited by a senior poet who has chosen six local poets. The state anthologies appear on our website with introductions from the state editors and other materials. We've invited the individual poets to introduce and read one of their poems. So welcome to States of Poetry. Hi, my name's Sarah Rice. I'm a poet who lives and works in Canberra. Uh, I'm also a visual artist and I work at the art school. I'd like to read you a couple of poems, uh, basically one in memory of my father who passed away a couple of years ago and one for my mother. I was very lucky to have parents who brought me up with a love of poetry and a love of words. Uh, I really enjoy uh, the taste and tone and feel of a word in my mouth. It's like a, having a cherry or something rolling around on the tongue. So I love that sweetness and bitterness and the roundness and edginess of words. And the first poem that I'm going to read uh, really shows some of this love of words and the importance of the, the tone and the warmth and the feeling of words as well as the content of them. This is really based also uh, on my influence, the influence that Levinasian philosophy had on me. Uh, he's written a lot about the saying versus the said. And so this poem is in fact called The Saying and the Said. Timing and manner, my mum would always say, and it's true, the how and when override the what of what's said. And the same is true of poetry. I don't think people remember their tone when speaking. Other people's, yes, but not their own. Tone, like texture, is crucial for the feel of things. Is it honey or cactus, metal or water? And if the words float toward you like ducks on a pond looking for crumbs, or if they are the hard grit embedded in a harsh wind as it lashes your face, the words themselves matter less than the manner of their coming. Words that slip in to visit you in their nightgown, or words that slip their owner's leash and attack in packs and will not be called back. Some words have tiny green tendrils that climb like pea shoots, while others bite their nails and yours. It is a shame we cannot feel the weight and warmth or will of saying instead of what's said. The second poem that I'd like to read uh, is called Dad, and um, really it's just a list of many of the things that I remember uh, doing with him as a child. Uh, he was a wonderful father, um, himself with a, a love of poetry, um, and would write poetry as well, and would re often recite it at the kitchen table, and the dining table. Uh, so this is a, a list of many of the things that I, I love and remember about him. It's called Dad. We would sit on the wings of his knees and seesaw our way through stories, magical suitcases, Romanian folk tales, golden apples and sea voyages. Sister and I bookended, holding each square corner and turning the pages. 
Sometimes it was pontoon, betting with matchsticks and forgetting to hold the plastic cards out of sight in our keen bending over the game. The tooth-cleaning song, upstairs and downstairs, and always ending with pie. Gathering leaves into high, dry piles with crinkly edges in a navy roller neck. Planting out and potting up with rubber knee pads over the jeans, engaged in a small prayer service to the row of terracotta pots laid out on the grass. And after offering fistfuls of potting mix to each, his large palms open on his knees showed the black grains clinging along the creases. Unwrapping fish and chips from layers of grey grease paper that the oil had already worked through, singing Irish shanties, Scottish ditties, gold rush songs in the car, and walking hand in hand across the car park. Playing squash together, the two of us in that odd white square with old wooden rackets and older Dunlops, the long reach of his hand letting him sit pretty in the centre while I wove crazily about him in a mad maypole dance of sweat and the rubber slap of shoe soles with the tiny ball greying but warming over time till it was a hot coal burning in the palm each time it was retrieved. Still the love of paprika and garam masala, dukkha and kimchi, fennel seed, curry powder, turmeric biting on the bitter seeds and smiling, palmfuls flung into the pan with abandon, and the remaining powder clapped away in proud applause. And a very cold night in a tent to see Halley's Comet, which I never saw but swore I did with nods and ahs when he pointed and held the binoculars for me despite the fog-smudged sky and overnight involved a mid-sleep trip to the concrete toilet block together in the blackness and an impromptu run around the cold field to warm ourselves in the strange emptiness. And parties where, after egg and spoon, the orange wheelbarrow was filled with more than sister and me, more even than all our small friends put together, we would clasp the plastic rim, and it would buckle and tilt on a crazy angle, but he always got the big wheel turning, could always lift us, push us round the garden, no matter how many, how heavy. <laughs>